As we always do, let's say hi to Steve, broadcast uncle, Vines. How are <laughs> Good you? Good morning. Good to see you. What's happening this <laughs> well, week? Well, um, you, you mean other than the great, great and bay developments? That's the one? Yes, that's the one. Um, well, we'll, we'll gloss over that because there are other things going on in the world. Hard to believe, but it's true. Yep. This Huawei business, bit of a mess, eh? So, so let's see if we can disentangle some of this. If you are the very, very important person who instantly is being held in, in uh, Canada or on uh, on pending charges awaiting extradition um, to the on. United States but who knows um, and like every average citizen she says oh I've got two homes here I'll just live in one while uh, while I'm waiting I mean you, you have that problem all the time don't you absolutely Yeah. which home am I going to under anyway, the causeway bay flyover and it turns out that, that, that we're talking about um the founder's daughter, who's also the the CFO, the, the finance officer of the company, um, she she it turns out has three SAR passports. How do we know this? Not of course from it's all anybody. Over <laughs> well, but it it all appeared in the Canadian courts, right? And then now here things get murkier and murkier. So she's got three of these uh, uh, travel documents where under the laws of the SCR, you're only allowed to have one, but, of course, the laws don't appear, don't apply to rich people. So then you have a situation where, because it's everywhere, as you say, it's on Facebook, it's on, you know, it's in the court record, it's very hard for the Hong Kong government to deny that rich people are not treated the same as ordinary folk. So usually what they do, and we've seen this quite recently, we saw it in the case of Victor Mallet, is when there's some ghastly thing happens due to the immigration department, in that case, banning a journalist from entering Hong Kong, the government he just says... He was hardcore, though. Yeah, I mean, he he was working for that well-known Total communist cream. paper, the, the, the Financial Times. Um, oh, no, that's a good thing, sorry. He was working for that well-known anti-communist paper, <laughs> the Financial Times. I keep getting these things wrong. Someone's got to pull me up. Anyway, here we go. So, um, in that case, the government said, oh, no, we can't possibly comment on this because it's it, it concerns an individual. We never oh, comment. Yes, we click. never, ever re- comment <laughs> on the case of individuals. So, here we have the three passports, and suddenly they're all commenting, including the chief executive she says she had to comment on this and then this was before the porkies started she said before i we have to comment on this because it's politically sensitive i'm thinking unlike unlike the case of victor (laughs) mallet which also went around the world and was to do with freedom of expression okay so there's that problem then she goes and she she can't help herself she says, oh, no, 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 no. Um, it, 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 it's quite usual for people to have more than one travel document because, for example, if you've got a visa in your previous passport, um, you need you need two because when you get the new passport, you haven't transferred the visa. No, Carrie, it doesn't work like that. If you've got a visa in a passport that is no longer valid, the visa is no longer valid. That's, that, that doesn't make sense. That, it, well, that's actually how it works. Yeah. And she said, oh, no, I've done this myself. I'm thinking, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, keep digging, gal. <laughs> You're doing well. So so we've got this whole business. Well, um, it, you know, up there with the revelations that the Pope is Catholic, the idea that rich people and poor people in Hong Kong aren't treated the same doesn't come as that much of a shock. Mm. But this, of course, is a politically sensitive case <coughs> she is a she's obviously a mainlander but she's a hong kong resident she's entitled um 
to a Hong Kong passport. No, no problem with that. Whether she's entitled to three of them, whether two of them are indeed invalid, and, and we, 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 we don't know. Well, we don't know. I'll put it as, as, as simply as that. But here's the thing. If she really was involved, as the United States alleges, mm. in sanction-busting, which is, by the way, against international law, uh, oh, that's right, why isn't any action being taken here? So, again, thank you, Chief Executive. She goes, oh, well, well no, no, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, these aren't real sanctions because they're United Nation, they're United States sanctions. I'm thinking... First law of holes. That's not quite true, actually. There are some United Nations sanctions existent on um, Iran, and they certainly, they certainly include the setting up in the Hong Kong SAR, this is where this started, of front companies to conduct sanction-busting um, transactions. This means dealing with naughty countries, basically. Yes, but, I right. mean, in, in, in the case of Iran, you know, we can have a debate over, over whether the United, Na- the United States' actions against Iran are reasonable. I personally don't think they are, but never mind. Um, the fact of the matter is that if you use the the presence that you have and she has as a resident of the SAR to set up a front company to conduct illegal transactions, transactions actually devised to um, circumvent the law, I would have thought that's... What am I missing, Steve? What are you missing? That um, some people aren't the same as other people. Some people can do these things, which are flaunting of the law, and some people can't. I mean, this this is in the same week that we discover that that um, Lern Chong Ying has no case to answer over these allegations concerning the money he received from UGL. Holden Chow, who was supposed to be conducting the um, inquiry into this, has no case to answer, even though it is now a matter of established fact that the CY Lung told him that he needed to alter the terms of the inquiry and let yeah. All of this, apparently, no case to answer. Mind you, there are quite a lot of people in the courts at the moment, but, of course, they would be people who were on the other side of the, of the coin. So you've got all these democracy protesters mm. in courts at the moment. So you're interestingly getting into a situation where one set of people make very rapid process to the courts of law and another set of people don't. Now, just coming back to the, the, the specific Huawei thing, which is complicated, I'll grant you, um, what's going to happen here? Well, now you've got, you know, the lunatic in the White House saying, oh, well, you know, if, if, if I can do a deal with this, I'm not going to bother about the law. If we can spring her as part of a bigger trade deal for China, yes. that's going to be all right. I mean, there's somebody who has very little... Um, that respect the, that for the, the rule back, of law. That on the back of the Crown Prince of Saudi. Well, well, there's no evidence there whatsoever. No, I mean, he made no bones. No, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, I know, but claims. I mean, it's just amazing. No, no bones made I know. So, you know, oil. you've got someone who has no respect whatsoever. Well, not only in this case, but in many other cases, for the rule of law. You've got, meanwhile, in China, what specifically, suspiciously looks like retaliation, the arrest of one Canadian citizen... And now, we just heard on the news broadcast before this uh, um, part of the programme... Legendary piece of radio. Uh, legendary piece of radio that a second Canadian has disappeared on the mainland. So you've got these tit-for-tat things. What you won't, of course, get in the mainland is a transparent legal process. I mean, at least in the case of Miss Mung, you got a transparent court case 
you, you, everybody could understand what happened when um, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs at its briefing yesterday was asked about, uh, I think it's called Mr Kovic, about his disappearance. Um, the spokesman says, oh, well, I have no information on that. Can I ask well, you a well question done. at this point? You could. Surely, if this goes the way it looks like it's going to go, it will help Trump's trade war because all these guys will stop sending their businessmen to China and businessmen themselves will stop <laughs> going to China because they don't want to get lifted. Yes. And that will aid, won't yeah. it? But it still won't. It still won't change <laughs> the way the world works. No, I hear, words, you. I hear no, no. you. But in other words, it won't open closed steel mills. It won't open closed textile Absolutely. production Absolutely. plants. But it won't if... open clothing plants because you know that ship Has left started. the harbour many, many years ago. But, but I, so I, I, you know, I could a lot be of talking the... about serious. I'm talking about serious high flyers. Now imagine yes. I'm not going there because that way I won't get nicked. Well, there's that. Um, highlighting the affairs of Huawei, which is indeed a very large uh, telecommunications company that has very impressive global ambitions, highlights the whole dangers to people who are worried about this of getting involved with with big Chinese technological companies. That's what I'm on about, yeah. Because that's the name, isn't it? Huawei has got to be the name. Well, there was a very interesting piece in the Financial Times this week by, by David Zweig, who's a professor here, saying, in fact, this isn't a trade war that we're talking about between uh, China and and the United States. It's actually a technology war. And we should be focusing on that. So, oh, of course, we can't talk about the Financial Times because it has people like Victor Mallet working who are very dangerous. But, you know, if you don't think that, you might find this an interesting article to read. What about these companies that are blocking Huawei because they're just scared they're going to get bugged? Yes. Basically. Well, so... Uh, in case anybody doesn't know this, one of the big things that Huawei does, besides, I mean, it's known here for its little handsets, but it, it, one of the big things it does is it, it manufactures switching systems for whole telephone networks, telecoms networks. And throw 5G into that, the next yes, thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So they seem to be on the leading curve of the 5G development, which has yet to arrive, but it's it's about to arrive. Even I know that, and I'm a technological I'm lad. I, I know, I people are very say. surprised. They even know what 5G is. Well, I don't, actually. <laughs> but anyway, I know it's coming, and I know Huawei is at the leading edge of it. And people are backing away. You know, uh, Japan is the latest country to say, um, we have national security considerations. We're not going to be having Huawei here. France has said it. You know, the United Kingdom. These are countries that already are doing... These aren't theoretical things. These are countries that are already doing business with Huawei. Is this going to work by osmosis? Well, I don't really know. I mean, it's an enormous, an enormous mess. I mean, if it is the fact that Huawei is at the cutting edge of the latest telecoms developments and countries don't want to take advantage of it or disadvantage of it, as the case may be. Well, you know, if if you really are going to undermine the security of your network, you may well want to think about this very carefully. Don't know whether that is the case, but that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. It's almost like... like it's not. It, it's not going to do the things they've said. But it's like the little boy and his, or the boy who cried wolf. I mean, it could be. This stuff is probably stellar equipment. But say, to and, use and, your phrase, that ship has sailed. Yeah, that ship has sailed. And this is this is the problem. You know, China has said we can do everything our way. Doesn't matter. You know, we can conduct. Um, our legal affairs in, in, in secret, we can t- conduct our technological developments in secret. We, 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 are, we are able 
to do all this stuff yeah. in ways that the international community in general is not used to having to have these things done. Mm. Well, there's a price tag on that. Um, it's interesting that that price tag is appearing through this case, which actually isn't anything to do with that, or ostensibly it's nothing to do with that. It's supposed to be doing, to do with Iran sanctions. But nonetheless, it raises the whole question. If you want to be an internationally competitive, technological, cutting-edge force in the world of commerce, maybe you have to behave like other players this in that market who are accountable. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? You, you've had this week... It's interesting. Everything comes together this week. You've had this week in the United States Congress the head of Google being hauled in and being oh, held to account for yeah. what Google's doing, including, incidentally, allegedly developing a, a, a buggable network for... And dumbed-down for, 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 for the PRC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... You know, but can you imagine? Well, of course you can't imagine it because it's not going to happen. Can mm. you imagine the executive, uh, a executive from Huawei being hauled before the National People's Congress to explain in detail whether or not it was adhering to interna internationally recognised rules of accountability and transparency? I mean, that's for the fairies. That sure ain't going to happen. This is the kind of conversation I'd love to have with somebody like Maurice Mesolowski. He's what you call a business futurist. It sounds weird, but it's a legit thing. And it literally is what it says, the viability, where we're going with this, that and the other. So he, this has gone down a different avenue. It's not, um, here's a country who's knocking out some technology. There are a bunch of crooks anyway, and their stuff's a bit questionable. The word is, this technology is the absolute business. And the irony is, people are saying, nah, we don't trust you. Because if you want to play in the big boys' game, you've got to play the big boys' rules. Still with Steve Vines. Got an email from Alan. Want to do it? Yeah, let's, let's have a listen. Good morning, Alan. He says, the questions about Huawei are not the quality of their equipment, granted, Alan, but, one, that said quality is mostly due to them stealing in intellectual property from Cisco, allegedly, I'm adding, uh, that they would include spyware at the best, uh, the behest of Beijing. He said, of course, there are persistent rumours that the NSA does the same to US manufacturers, but at least there are whistleblowers they come forward without being disappeared. It seems likely that the NSA does hack most of the world, but working from the outside see that last paragraph just plays into the hands of people who yeah. say yeah so you do it too but i, I but alan has a fair point Thank i you, mean it, it's not as though china is the only country in this snooping game by far no, 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 so i mean it's a fair point he makes uh, uh, about uh, the fact that the nsa has been known to take a view and I take an interest in other people's affairs. I, I put that all very mildly. I just can't leave my little irony about this isn't a bunch of crummy stuff. You know, in the 70s, it would say made in Hong Kong. I mean, Alan's going to know this. This is supposedly really good stuff. Oh. That's, that's just the irony for yeah. me. And it doesn't usually happen that way when you hear about stuff coming out of China. Or maybe these days things are different. Well, things are getting better. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's turn a bit more domestically. Go on then. In fact, local, to put it in a word. All right. And... Here, here's the thing. I mean, out of the out of the mouths of babes and sucklings or, or whatever, there must be a cliche that fits this. Um, you had yesterday the chairman or chairperson, whatever we call it these days, of the MTR turning up at this inquiry into uh, construction scandals on the Chartin Central, yep. the new Chartin Central line. And 
Mr. Ma was so busy covering his own backside, he didn't realise, or apparently didn't realise, that he'd dropped a couple of clangers that, that should have been resounding with enormous volume. But I didn't see that reflected elsewhere in the media. So on the one hand, he says, he says, oh, you know, our role in all of this, our being the MTR, was, this is a direct quote, was barely supervisory. Hang on, isn't that what this is all about? Good, good morning, <laughs> good morning. So what you're saying, Mr. Marr, is that you, the chairman of the MTR, and incidentally he went to great pains to emphasise that he was the non-executive chairman, therefore he didn't get involved in, you know, what was actually going on. I'm thinking, hmm, you either are or you aren't the chairman. You know, it's like you either are or you aren't pregnant. You can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't be the boss and then say, I'm not really the boss. Anyway, his yeah. claim always is that I'm, I'm only responsible for the good stuff, never for the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. But he says... And remember, this is an organisation that is majority owned by the Hong Kong public. He says that they were barely supervising. I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar cases about project. Who yes. He's saying the very bad people, very, very bad, very, very badly bad people are those latent people because they were responsible for the project. Well, they were the contractors for the project. Let's get this right. Let's understand how public service works they were the contractors for the project but you mr ma were supposed to be as chairman of the mtr responsible for making sure that they did their job in the same way as leighton is responsible for making sure that its subcontractors did their job they were the customer and the customer <coughs> wants value yeah. for money don't yeah they? yeah i mean you know i'm just thinking I'm just thinking my own little company. If you, you know, we have people install kitchens in our places, and if I, I took the view, oh well, you know, the people who install the kitchens, they just get on with it, and you know, if they, yeah, who cares? If, if they put a couple of burners short, I'll just say, well, you know, close, nothing to do with me. You're supposed <laughs> to put those two burners in. I mean, it doesn't work like that out there in grown-up land but you know if you work for the government and of course he is a former civil servant or <laughs> not a civil servant of course he was one of those political officers oh, yeah. then he drops another enormous clangor again i don't understand why this wasn't picked up because the government has solidly maintained throughout the piece that although the um, the government is the majority shareholder, still, even though they've privatised it, yeah. is the majority shareholder in the company. They do not get involved in management issues. He then tells the Committee of Inquiry that he was hauled in by Carrie Lamb, who told him to fire three people. Gosh, firing managers, is that is that a hands-off approach? In my book, if somebody does that, you are. You've got your little, you've got your little nibs right up to your elbows, deeply involved in direct management of the company. I'm sure they don't do it on a daily basis, but you can't have it both ways. No. You can't, as the government has maintained throughout the piece, oh, 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 nothing to do with us, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, uh, get, get involved because it's a private company, we must respect this private company. On the other hand, she's hauling him in, saying you fire those three people. And do you know what? Three senior executives were fired. Mm. Uh, is that a coincidence? Don't think so. I like your thing about she doesn't do it on a daily basis. I mean, yeah. Nixon didn't doctor tape on a <laughs> yes. daily Hang on, maybe he did. Well, no, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, that's a bad example. We'll, we'll, we'll try another one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just pop in? A, are, you, are, you, are you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're done Let, with that. Let's just put in an interim an email, interim email. Ah. from Steve who says, just referring back to the CY loan being let off scot-free. 
when there are clear allegations against him and the credibility of the ICAC, says Steve. Could it be said that they now have lost all credibility and that we can perhaps see who is now truly running the body? Mm. It's a big claim to make. It's a big claim to make. I, I, I don't know you can quite deduce you that. Could. Yes. I, I, if you could. Yes. If, if what he's saying is um, all, it's all on the ICAC, I think that's unreasonable because what happened is they presented their findings and we don't actually know what they are to the Department of Justice. It's yeah, the yeah, Department yeah. of Justice who decided that they had insufficient evidence from the ICAC inquiry to proceed. So for all we know, remember, this is all in a black box, we don't actually know this, for all we know, the evidence that the ICAC presented may well have been compelling. But because the Department of Justice these days um, <clears throat> seems to be very politically inclined in who it uh, decides to prosecute and how it decides to prosecute people, maybe the problem is there and not at the ICAC. Right. We don't know that. One more different topic, this from Dave, who goes back to uh, Huawei. He said, Korea is already way, way ahead with the speed of computer uh, systems. He said, but the American Internet system is very slow because it's being controlled by the big monopolies, the same with Hong Kong, as is the corporations that are slowing down the internet speed systems. I have no idea about this. Uh, he says, but if our, chi if our China lady was frauding the banking systems for businesses, of course, maybe there is a problem. Yeah, I, we've got to be a bit careful here. The, the allegation isn't strictly that she was frauding the banking system. These are listener responses. Yeah. No, 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 but I mean, that's not the allegation. The allegation is that, that they set up a, a dummy company deliberately to evade Iran sanctions. I mean, we might as well just, just get that on, on, the, on the old record there. Yeah, I mean, that's Dave's opinion. Yeah, he's entirely uh, entitled to it. His point um, is, yeah, because we were just sort of saying how wonderful this 5G thing and everything yeah. is going to be. Um, yeah, well, I don't know if he lives where I live, in, in Saikung, <laughs> yeah. where there's a monopoly of a, a company that should remain nameless called HKT. Try and get try and get any sort of broadband speed that, that you know, allows you to both download a, a piece of paper and, say, watch Now TV at the same time. It can't be done. Beautiful irony. <laughs> I mean, beautiful irony. Here we have this world-class... I know. Anyway, I know. whatever. One more, I think, One Steve. more. Let's very quickly talk about something which sounds obscure and uh, and dusty but ain't it's they've now yet again there's another consultation document being issued as a way of doing nothing so for the last 10 years there's been agitation for hong kong to have an archives law why do we need Please an archives this. law yeah. because if you want to know what's been going on you have to have a law which tells public bodies they have to store the documents and and here's the key point, and make them available for public scrutiny. And you may say, well, the average Joe public doesn't want to look at it. Well, that's entirely true. But there will be people who want to look at specific things in the record. Okay. And the whole point about having an archives law is to, A, make sure this stuff is stored, and B, make sure it's accessible. <coughs> so the government, because it operates, as just been talking about, in a black box, hates, hates transparency hates things to come into into the public domain so it's been fiercely resisting this putting up all sorts of excuses they've now produced an outline scheme and if you know somebody doesn't um, comply with the requirements of the law it contains no remedy whatsoever so it's kind of saying here's a scheme if you want to flout it 
go ahead because mm. there'll be no comeback. I mean, this is absurd. So the people who've been interested in this, and it's a small, brave band, who you've got to give them a lot of credit for banging on about it, they're saying, you know, having a little toothless thing like this just won't 